0: What is happening? Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. Great news for the American people. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri with Brandon Rathert, featuring Stephanie Bell, News Director Brian Houseworth, John Marsh, and Hannah the Producer. This is why we listen to you. Get ready, pal. And now, here's your host, Brandon Rathert.
1: This is about families who want to be sure they can have peace of mind to know that there won't be a change in a Supreme Court case that would devastate their lives and would unravel their financial arrangements, um, their family decisions, their adoptions. their visitation rights. It's
0: U.S. Senator Rob Portman from the state of Ohio talking about the uh, the Defense of Marriage Act, the Protect Marriage Act, whatever you want, the same-sex marriage bill, which was something got renewed interest following the uh, uh, SCOTUS decision earlier this year regarding abortion. Rob Portman, by the way, before we move forward and see how some of our Missouri politicos reacted to this, Rob Portman, kind of an interesting story. That's why we like to say we don't backtrack, we don't change our minds, we don't double-talk. Uh we evolve on things. Rob Portman evolved on the idea of same sex marriage back then, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, adamantly against it. I'm against same sex marriage. A man marries a woman, that's the way in my mind it's supposed to be. And then one day his dad comes his son comes in and says, Hey Dad, can we talk? I said like, sure. And his son says to me, says Dad, he says, You know, I'm gay. <coughs> and then Rob Portman uh evolved. Well, like issue, many of us. I right, think. And that's a great point. When it affects you, it's a little different. Why? Because we love our kids or we love those people that are, are close to us. It affects us. And now we kind of start paying attention, and we see maybe real-life consequences. Now, me, my perspective on this, by the way, somebody who's been married twice for a total of three years, so my marriage is average one and a half years in length. Stop it, Brian. Marsh, (laughs) you stop it too, bud. Uh, So that's I don't care who marries what. The idea that we needed to do something to protect interracial marriage... Well, I would prefer
2: people not marry what... Like things, That's going to be next. People. That'll be next. Uh, you know, but I don't care care really if you marry a girl or a boy.
0: Yeah, I uh, don't either. What I what I do find is interesting is the way uh, one of our statewide elected officials reacted to one of our U.S. Senators, Roy Blunt, in his vote. He voted in favor of this joint. I think 11 other Republicans voting in favor of this. Mm-hmm. Jay Ashcroft apparently sent him. Uh, actually, I, f- I found this on the Twitter. I was on Twitter yesterday.
2: Wow. Wow. Uh, no. It was all over the Twitter. It was hard to miss.
0: Yeah, and I, I may not be on there much longer if the White House gets it because they're keeping an eye. They're keeping an eye on Twitter. That's crazy, too.
1: No more blue check marks for Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: He's barely on there, anyways.
1: At
0: Rathert Brandon. Steph is on there, too. Stephanie S. Bell. Yeah, Mr. Brian Howsworth is on there. I am at Brian on the air. Hannah, producer Hannah is on there. Yeah, producer underscore Hannah. And John Marsh, what's your uh, handle KWS News Radio. KWS News Radio. We are Wake Up Mid Missouri. We welcome you here. One of our uh, one of our statewide elected office holders, uh, coming out like bam, dropping bombs over Blunt's vote on this. As a matter of fact, ahead of time, apparently, uh, sent a letter to Roy Blunt urging him to stop legislation uh, protecting same sex marriage. One of uh, twelve Republicans to vote in favor. And then apparently, uh, in the uh, the letter, and I'll show it to you, uh, Jay Ashcroft put in a, a handwritten note. He did at the end of the uh, at the end of the letter. Please, I urge you to stand up for uh, for Missourians. But
1: there's something very significant about that letter. Um, and the Democrat leader in the Missouri House, Crystal Quaid, says Mr. Ashcroft is out of touch. With Missouri voters, but as Ashcroft points out, the, the thing is, you ha- and I touched on this a couple of weeks ago. In 2004, and I was actually a little low. I thought it was 68 percent. I went back and looked. It's 71 percent of Missourians voted against same-sex marriage. 71 percent, 29 percent. Now keep in mind, this was, was in August 2004. Every county voted in favor. Against same-sex marriage, every county, every, every county, with the exception of St. Louis City, And the majority of rural counties were eighty to ninety percent in favor. I, I mean, I could show you the map. It's it, it's it's very very. Uh, now it did did have a little support in 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 boom, but it still it failed here. Bottom line, in all the rural counties, it was between eighty and ninety percent. But keep in mind that the uh, keep in mind that that was in two thousand four. So much so mm-hmm. that governor holden at the time was so worried about putting it on the ballot that he wanted it on the august ballot because they did not want that on the november ballot when he or claire mccaskill it ended up being mccaskill would be on the gubernatorial ballot um i don't know how i'd be interested if that vote were held today what the percentage would be this wasn't all that long ago
2: it wasn't but, but neither i mean you think about how fast uh, people's views on marijuana have changed. I don't think that vote would be the same today. And I, I think, too, you got to, for some people, it's, it's the actual word of marriage that they have an issue with, right? And so that constitutional amendment, I think, defined what is a marriage, and people would say, well, technically, I think marriage is between a man and a woman, but, you know, I'm not going to prevent, you know, two women or two men from having a civil union right but i just don't in my mind i don't want to call it a marriage i think that's where some people are at ashcroft's letter raised four points and i actually so his second point was that was that you know hey we did pass this constitutional amendment it was overwhelmingly approved um but i do think he raised a good his first point was just that it um the uh respect for marriage act significantly alters the balance between state and federal power and so he does say hey look traditionally uh you know marriage rules and, and laws were left to the states um Um, It doesn't need to be handled by the federal government. You know, the uh, federal government should stay out of this and let the states do their own thing. And and personally, when it comes to marriage, I think government should stay out of it altogether. Um, But I, 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 you know, to the extent the government's going to get involved, I do kind of agree with Ashcroft there that it is a state's issue. But as far as you know that Missourians overwhelmingly are against gay marriage, I don't know that that's true today. Um, And then he has some um, and then his other points, he goes on. Uh, to talk about he thinks that it will affect faith-based communities that the respect for marriage act will um, you know that that people of faith might uh, have repercussions based on the law and then he talks about how it's bad policy because history shows that marriages between man and woman and the, the importance of families and, and children in marriages and having so a no, stable
0: household so why do I is it typically so why do we do uh, man marries woman cuz that's the way we've always done it
1: gosh look at missouri brian brian you can relate back to what the, the mid-2010s with all the court cases that surrounded this and jackson county and all that issuing licenses the same-sex couples missouri was about as wrapped up in this as any state was not even 10 years ago yeah and again uh john that's that's right i do remember that but um you know to stephanie's point Ashcroft is correct. I mean, if he's looking at the numbers, it's just we have to be very clear that we're talking about a 2004 vote. Um I think in a lot, you know, you look at the rural counties even today with the rural lawmakers, a lot of the rural lawmakers are are, are not in favor of of gay rights today. So I don't know how the vote would be today. It may be different, but I'd be curious if the same vote was held today, how it would be. The last point I would make is I remember in 1996... There was a state representative right here in Columbia. His name was Tim Harlan, a Democrat, and he wanted he he called for same sex marriage. And I did a story on it at the radio station <laughs> in Jefferson City. And the consultant at our radio station, John, the consultant pulled me aside. The consultant, by the way, was very progressive. Basically, he was very liberal, and he said, "Why are you doing a story on this? This is not California. This will never pass in Missouri." And at the time. It was. It, it, by the way, I don't even know that the bill got a hearing. But I said it's newsworthy, and it, and it was it, because uh, Tim Harlan felt very strongly about it. The point is that in 1996 or 97, it was, a, it was Tim Harlan and a guy named Tim Van Zant from Kansas City. At the time, we re- reported on that, and John, you reported on it as well. The Democrats were in control, the House, Senate, and the governor. I don't think the bill even got a hearing but it was it was just not even something that was going to happen but i did the story anyway but that's how much things have changed and that was not even 30 years ago
2: well we have people right here in the studio and people listening that made a vote in 2004 and i suspect if i i don't recall exactly how i voted but i suspect i probably voted in favor of that um that was the conservative position at the time i was young I bet, you know i so but if you gave the same thing to me today And I voted again, you know, shall, and and I don't remember the exact language, but, you know, shall marriage be limited to a man and a woman, I would I would vote differently today, right? And I think there are probably a lot of people out there who would say the same thing.
0: Well, was, I I think that's BS. I don't think you are even 18 years old yet in 2004 because <laughs> you're so young, Stephanie. Right?
1: Uh, it, it was, by the way, it was one sentence and very, very simple. It said, that to be valid and recognized in the state of marriage shall mm-hmm. exist only between a man and a woman.
0: But, but I wonder, and of course, Jay Ashcroft, how you know, run for governor, sure. Lieutenant Governor Mike Kehoe. Uh, so I think anything people do now, do you see this as, and I have much respect for Jay Ashcroft. Uh is this hey I'll 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 do this and everybody will talk about it, including Wake Up Mid-Missouri on 939, the Eagle and 1045, News Radio 950 KWS. The other thing that I think is interesting regarding the whole marriage thing and stuff, and maybe John, this is more in our wheelhouse, but I remember when I was at college going to Southeast Missouri State and had the the girlfriend Ginger, and yes, it was actually her name, Hannah. Uh, we decided we were going to cohabitate. We were going to live together. In sin. Oh, exactly. And even so, this was, this was the '80s, and <laughs> and uh, my my parents who were conservative, but uh, you do your thing, you do you, just don't hurt other people. Even my parents were kind of like. You're gonna shack up. That was the, you're gonna shack up with this girl. Huh? We
2: always use that in right. college. But I didn't. I didn't. Chris and I didn't officially live together until
0: after officially. Officially, we <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hannah <laughs> officially lived with her boyfriend. Yeah, and we got pushback from a couple yeah. of
0: people. And is that a thing anymore? Is is it? Because at least back in the '80s when I was, and I've lived with various women over the years some of them i was even some of them i was even
1: some of them even lived with you
0: and some of them i was even married to them uh but you could see it over the years because i would remember the next time that i was going to shack up with some check uh oh and people would oh yeah it's like nothing but you got 22 year old college grad you got a little pushback
2: yeah, I did, a little bit.
0: Was it family? Was it church? Was it? Would you care to uh, venture on that for 20 seconds or no?
2: Uh, I mean, I don't want to go into too many details. It was mostly church.
0: Mostly church. Mostly yeah. but church. But I
2: would, you know, there are... I, there's some respect there and i think you know i support traditional values my i have a sister who's in her 30s who has a boyfriend and you know i still have the conversation of like okay if they come to my house they're not married do like <laughs> oh, what do yes. i what do i do do it's, i let them stay what do the in kids call them right yeah exactly. and, yeah and my kids are you know and yeah i mean I, it would be one thing it's like it's hard it's hard because you want to respect their choices but you also want to Set a good example. I think you know there were times where you know my boyfriend and I had to sleep in different beds if we were at you know his parents' house or whatever, and that's totally fine. I think if my older sibling was saying, "Now you guys can't, you guys can't sleep in the same room," I'd be like, "What the heck?"
0: I'd be like, "Pow, pow, got two of them for you." Uh, well, because here's the thing: you get from kids, and we got to move uh, forward. Uh, uh, Mom, who's the guy in the r- room with the, oh, that's your auntie's special friend. Man.
2: I won't say who it is, but yeah, my kids about somebody that they know said, she sure had a lot of boyfriends. <gasps>
1: oh! oh! <laughs> Justin McKinney, Jess making a big run. It's been for him. Jess is stuck in behind. Jess into the middle.
0: soccer fan whenever there's a bunch of people out in the green room watching it on tv and they're all like like,
1: like we were doing yesterday yeah we're all out hanging out here in
0: the green room and john and i are kind of like well i guess well everybody else is doing it we're gonna uh, succumb to peer pressure usa beats iran one of the cool things uh there was a player on the field afterwards for iran and he was crying and a couple of u.s players went up and and sold and thought it was pretty cool. Welcome to the show. Wake up mid-Missouri. Coming up 635. Surplus. Huge. A bulging surplus, I think, is how one news outlet here in Missouri described it. Budget surplus. So what does that mean for you? Tom Kruckmeyer, former chief economist for the Missouri Budget Office, now with the Missouri Budget Project. He's here at 635 to break that down for us. And Coach Gary Pinkle going to the Hall of Fame, College Football Hall of Fame. He joins us 810. Make sure you let your friends know. Hey, Gary Pinkle's hanging out with the crew there on uh, Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Getting ready for the daily D.C. Rundown. Preps underway right now. What are you working on?
2: Well, Ashcroft wrote that letter to Roy Blunt yesterday. Roy Blunt had something to say about Donald Trump's recent (laughs) actions.
0: All right. He wasn't the only one, by the way. That story five minutes from now on the Daily DC Rundown. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri featuring Brandon Raffert. Title 42 and they say that they expelled a million people, that means we released more than a million people into the United States. We did not expel more than 50% of the people that crossed into into the United States. That's National Border Patrol Council President Brandon Judd on Fox talking about that massive invasion that is happening, not a talking point, it is for real, happening at the southern border. We've had at least 25 fentanyl overdose deaths just in Colombia, most of those younger People too, uh, and that is part of what's getting us into today's daily DC rundown with Stephanie Bell.
2: Yesterday, the Supreme Court heard arguments on uh, state and federal well, federal immigration policy. If you recall, Mayorkas issued some guidelines and said, "Hey, we don't have resources to fully enforce the deportation policy, so we're going to prioritize these categories of people." Texas and Louisiana—I think it was Louisiana—but Texas definitely stepped up and said, "Hey, not okay. The law says." here are the categories of people that are an issue. You have to, you can't pick and choose. You have to enforce it against everybody. Um, And so it it went to the Supreme Court. There's a couple things at issue. Uh, I guess the federal government is arguing that the states don't have standing. They're like, you're not harmed by this policy. And they're like, we have to pay for these people. Um, And so that's one of the issues. And then, you know, can the lower court issue a a nationwide injunction that basically prohibits the Biden administration from enforcing their policy? Um, And so, uh, and then, you know, what is the law? Actually, say is the policy contrary to existing uh, federal law. So.
0: And I like that the idea standing. And we had a great, healthy conversation mm-hmm. about this. I think last week, as it relates to the college loan, student loan debt forgiveness thing, some uh, some lawsuits say, "Well, you don't have any standing." I say, "Bull! <laughs> uh, my taxpayers' dollars are going for that." I have standing.
2: There's no such thing as taxpayer standing, generally. But anyway, we'll we'll have that conversation another another day. So Ashcroft was writing a letter to Roy Blunt yesterday. I guess reporters were asking Roy Blunt what he thought about Trump, and he said something to the effect of, "I'm tired of getting asked about." (laughs) <laughs> always getting asked about Trump, but he did comment on this uh, dinner uh, that Trump had with a white nationalist and a rapper, um, who we know, uh, and Roy Blunt said, I wouldn't want to have dinner with either one of those guys, or I wouldn't want to meet with either one of those guys, which I thought was like, you know, why are you asking me this? And, yeah, I wouldn't have dinner with those. Apparently, there are a lot of people on Trump's team who are saying the same thing. Apparently, there are protocols about who he can have dinner with and not going forward.
0: Uh, I think uh, Blunt said, uh, certainly, there's something else you can ask. Ask me right, that, right, that, something that like good. that. Uh, we're going to ask this guy, Tom our former uh, chief economist for the Missouri Budget Office. We have a huge, bulging budget surplus. So, what does that mean for you? The answer is coming up five minutes from now on Wake Up Mid Missouri. Then came a White House proposal for a $28 billion tax cut to be matched by a $28 billion cut in the proposed spending. Well, my question then and my question now is, if there was $28 billion in the new budget that could be cut, what was it doing there in the first place? (laughs) Ha! Obviously, a lot of years ago, uh, widely regarded as one of the greatest presidents of all time, Ronald Reagan. You know, I think we get so heady in this stuff, the budget and this money and this line item thing and this thing and that thing and what about this and that. And sometimes we simplify it. Well, if we have this much in the first, what were we doing with that money if we feel...
2: Going into debt, taking the money from the federal government? That's what Missouri's (laughs) doing right now. I mean... The national debt is higher than it's ever been, and the federal government's just doling it out to locals and states that they don't even know what to do with it.
0: So I wanted to bring in somebody to talk about our state budget. Uh, Tom, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Rudy Kellett, Missouri Independent, uses the headline, Missouri State Budget is Bulging with $6 Billion in Surplus Cash. Want to bring in somebody who kind of knows a thing or two about this? Tom Breckmeyer, former chief economist for the Missouri Budget Office, and was like the lead dude at the Missouri Budget Project, and he kept trying. Tom, I feel like every time you keep trying to get away from that stuff, everybody kind of begs and pleads you to, well, just stay on in an advisory role. Just stay and do a little bit. Am, Am I accurate in that assessment? with
3: uh, yeah, basically, it's kind of like the the Godfather Part Three. You know, Michael's trying to get out, and they keep pulling him back in. But um, <laughs> this is what I do, yeah. and uh, I'm happy to uh, talk about it and hopefully share my uh, many years of experience in uh, w- working on this topic. Uh,
0: all right, so I like that we've got uh, former chief economist for the Missouri Budget Office now with the Missouri Budget Project, comparing himself to uh, mafioso character from one of the greatest yeah, much, yes. of all time. Yeah pretty much out of works, uh, you're right. Tom Krokenbier here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri this morning. Brandon Rather, Stephanie Bell, John Marsh, Brian Housworth, producer uh, Hannah. So let's start uh, with this. Number one, and we can get into the nuts and bolts, but I'm thinking somebody listening to Wake Up Mid-Missouri, 6.38 a.m. We have a lot of new, younger listeners. We have a incredible amount of regretful Biden voters checking out this show, checking out Talk Radio, like, what's what does all this mean to me? Can you explain in layman's terms a budget surplus in the state of Missouri? Somebody driving to work right now, what is that going to mean for that person?
3: Well, the fact that the state budget is actually in darn good shape, I think most people uh, should be pretty happy about that, because we all depend on uh, state government services that need and have to be done, and the fact that the state's in good fiscal shape, has enough money to fulfill everything on the budget, at least for a while, and uh, there's tax cuts are are, are in place now, and will be be coming, so I think the uh, people ought to be pretty happy about this, I, I can assure you, over the years uh, being on shows like this, many was the day when I came on talking about uh, you know budget shortfalls, budget difficulties, all kinds of bad things. Uh, this is a uh, refreshingly new experience to talk about uh, good economic and budget times, and uh, hopefully they'll continue. I guess that's though the uh, the big question that we can, of course, uh, discuss if you care to. So.
2: What is Missouri unique among other states in that our budget is doing so well? And if so, can you pinpoint the reasoning? I mean, a lot of people would pinpoint the, redu- the tax reduction, income tax reduction is perhaps giving us a healthier economy. Do you agree with that?
3: Well, uh, Missouri is pretty much like all other states in the fact that we have all all states have benefited from the uh, copious amount of federal monies that became available because of the COVID problem there uh, in in March of 2020, President Trump signed uh, the CARES Act. Uh, about a year later, President Biden signed the American Recovery Plan, both of which uh, provided substantial monies to state governments, among many other things. So uh, Missouri is certainly not unique now. I our economy is doing very well now, and uh, the federal stimulus is uh, certainly a significant part of that. Uh, plus, let me also mention that uh, it maybe gets a little lost in the weeds is the the Federal Reserve has increased the the money supply very substantially over the last uh, roughly three years. Uh, it's gone from it's gone it's increased about forty percent in a little under three years. So there's been a a lot of factors at work here, but the the, the bottom line is the state's in good fiscal shape, and I would expect that other states um, who receive similar federal aid are, are also in uh, good budget condition.
0: All right, our guest, Tom Kruckmeyer, former chief economist for the Missouri Budget Office, now with the Missouri Budget Project. He's hanging out with us this morning talking about Missouri's massive budget surplus on Wake Up, mid Missouri.
1: Tom, so many times when we've talked to you in the position of Missouri Budget Project was uh, that funding, going to bat for that funding for the less fortunate when you talk about health and mental health, senior services, social services and all. That's been propped up this year, but a lot of that's that one-time money out of D.C. is this sustainable, I guess.
3: The, the, the simple answer is probably not, because the, the federal aid is probably going to start to... Well, well it has. The, in fact, the federal... Uh, budget deficit, which of course was uh, ballooned in FY20 and 21, is now uh, down or been reduced by about 50% in the federal fiscal year that just ended. And given the strength of the economy, I would expect that the the federal aid and uh, things that are of that that nature will begin uh, to diminish. And furthermore, we're seeing how interest rates are are creeping up a bit. So I think uh, uh, caution is certainly in order. And you, of course, referred to uh, the the article that Rudy Keller wrote, which I thought was a very good look at that, and uh, seems uh, budget expert uh, extraordinaire Jim Moody, my, my former boss, is also uh, uh, looking at uh, you know things uh, tapering off a bit. But, but let me say this about that: um, the growth of state revenues in the last fiscal fiscal year twenty two was off the map good. And I've been following this for forty years, and actual uh, state general revenue grew by about 23% and it Previous to the uh, federal stimulus monies coming in as a function of the COVID crisis. I've uh, been growing, you know, two or three percent revenue growth in Missouri. Have been pretty mediocre. So um, my my point is that uh, this is pretty unsustainable. Even though there's certainly some inflation is uh, contributing to that, but there, there, there's a lot of moving parts. But I wouldn't expect to see um, revenue growth anywhere near that uh, going forward. How- Although it's uh, again been pretty good so far. In the the current fiscal year, we're still up uh, about 15 percent through uh, about the first five months. So things are still pretty good, but this is probably not going to continue forever. Now, with the money we do have
0: now, obviously, we can stereotype Democrats. They want these things. Republicans want these things. Uh, Peter Meredith, Democrat, Representative Peter Meredith, St. Louis, says we need to uh, the first priority, he said, should be state agencies at a near crisis. Other people say, we need it for this, we need it for teachers, we need it for state employees. And I know, when you have that much money, I'm guessing if you were to put your list, what is number one on the list? If you care to offer an opinion, Tom, what would be number one and two on your list?
3: Well, uh, my personal list is I'd be happy to learn that they had enough snowplow drivers. I. I don't see why uh, that that should be a big problem myself, because eventually it's going to snow and and all that kind of thing. But in in, in general, no, I'm not joking about that. (laughs) Um, Well, I I think, uh, as Representative Meredith points out, there's still a lot of shortfalls in the state budget. It's debatable and uh, arguably are shortfalls in terms of school funding and teacher pay and number of social services areas. And uh, another area that's been a chronic problem, of course, is having adequate staffing in in prisons and mental health institutions has been a problem for a long time. And uh, Missouri state government employees uh, have been, over the years that I've been studying this, either the lowest or very next to the lowest paid in the nation. And, uh, that, that has been redressed to some extent. The, uh, the current budget has a 5.5% raise, I, I believe, for average state employees. And, and that's all good because you have to have adequate, uh, staffing and be able to attract and retain competent employees. So I think getting the state worker pay up, addressing specific areas uh, in, in social services and education would all be uh, benefit the common good and uh, still leave money for a number of other things, as you may know, or, or do know, I'm sure, a uh, major tax cut uh, scheduled to begin at uh, the start of the year. Another thing, though, that's not gotten as much talk about, the, the current year we're in 22, uh, the State is having a an income tax rate cut. The rate last year was five point four percent of the top rate this year is five point three percent so things are in place to uh re- reduce revenues, whether or not that 's going to be you know too much, not enough, or just right um, uh, smarter people than me are going to have to figure that out, but I'm certainly happy to offer an opinion.
2: So, people like you, let's talk. I, I assume this year in the legislature there'll be renewed calls to return some of the surplus to the people in one way or another. People like you, or people in the Mo Budget Project, what do you? What would their stance be? Would they just say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hold your horses"?
3: Yeah, pretty much uh, um, because uh, I'll take advantage of the fact that I'm old and I've been through this over the years quite a bit and uh, give you a quick example here. Back in fiscal year 2008 state uh, general revenue was a tick over $8 billion and then of course the Great Recession hit. Revenues declined sharply, actually declined sharply over the next two years, not even adjusting for inflation. And uh, recovery began by fiscal the year 2011, but state revenues in 2014 were almost identical to what they were in, in 2008 so and then of course there would be you know natural uh, population growth inflation that kind of thing so the state budget was under a, a lot of strain and and I'm not necessarily saying that's going to happen again but as I mentioned a moment ago uh, with revenues last year growing twenty three percent that's not going to continue and the, the budget planners I'm sure they are they need to be aware of this and not uh, um, be too gung ho on reducing revenues because uh, we're not going to see this kind of revenue growth off into the future in all likelihood.
0: All right, former chief economist for the Missouri Budget Office, now with the Missouri Budget Project. By the way, former chief economist for a lot of years, Tom Krugmeier. I think the biggest takeaway that I'm hearing right now is somebody had to work this morning, this massive budget surplus that we have right now, and at least foreseeable quick future something we should be feeling good about tom we appreciate you joining us this morning here on wake up mid-missouri
3: well thanks so much for having me on enjoy talking with you oh well, thank
0: you man coming up if you are on social media whether it be the TikTok, twitter facebook snapchat parlor getter is Gettery was that still There's a new, one. a new one. You're missing one. Uh you want to hear this next story? Seriously, man. We're gonna do that coming up five minutes from now. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri, featuring Brandon Rathart.
3: Reports that Apple is not allowing the protesters to use this airdrop function where they're trying to communicate. That obviously is providing aid and comfort to the CCP. And then when you also hear reports that Apple is threatening to remove Twitter from the App Store because Elon Musk is actually opening it up for free speech and is restoring a lot of accounts that were uh, unfairly and illegitimately suspended for putting out accurate information about COVID.
0: All right. That's Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, likely presidential contender. We just don't know if it's going to be 2024, 28, 32. I don't know. Oh, I think we know. Uh, True story. So, Apple, this is they're talking about potentially removing the the, uh, the app for Twitter. From the iStore. Meanwhile, they're helping. They real. They're helping the Chinese government by uh, disallowing this airdrop feature. That I understand a little bit. I
2: think airdrop should be disallowed for everybody, <laughs> not just in China, really, because the this,
0: this, this, airdrop. If you have an iPhone, which I don't have, I'm old white dude. I got the Droid. I'm on the Droid platform. But airdrop, like if you could drop, like if you're taking a photo and you send it to a text via somebody, airdrop, like you could drop it to anybody who has a smartphone around, has an iPhone around you. If the, they have like their airdrop open, okay, but yeah. Does this are kids carrying these smartphones into schools, by the way, these iPhones? Yes. Is this stuff happening in schools? Yes. Are they getting inappropriate airdrops? Really? Wow. Crazy. But let's help the Chinese government. That's ridiculous. Wow. Um, <clears throat> and then, so obviously a lot of talk about... Um, about big tech right now, Mark Zuckerberg, who came to Mid-Missouri a couple of years ago, toured the uh, Stant Brothers egg farm outside of the Centralia area. Mark Zuckerberg, uh, there is a video of him out there, uh, shows he's, uh, he's pushing for tech regulation acts to be passed by Democrats.
1: Over the past five years, Congress has held over 30 hearings designed to hold big tech accountable. Sometimes you land a punch.
0: Do you see a potential problem here with a complete lack of fact-checking on political advertisements?
1: Well, Congresswoman, I think lying is bad for... So you won't take them down. character for themselves. So you won't take, You may flag that it's wrong, but you won't take it down. Most of the time, felt like playing patty cake. So that's
0: video. Of, you watch the video. It's Mark Zuckerberg and kind of pushing Except... It's not Mark Zuckerberg. It's not Mark Zuckerberg. It is a deep fake. And then it gets better. And now it gets really good. So we know it's the progressives because they think anything they disagree with, that's false information. What do you mean? The border is secure. What are you talking about? And so you go on Twitter and you put the border is not secure. Uh, Joe Biden might send you to death or get Nina Jankowicz on you. Uh, The group that put this out, it's a liberal advocacy group. (laughs) <laughs> They're the ones that putting out this fake crap. The group is called Demand Progress. They're the ones that releases deep fake video that purports to show Mark Zuckerberg pushing for tech regulation acts to be passed uh, by Democrats in the final year uh, uh, or the final weeks that they have control in the House, at the very least. Christy, no, you think she'll run for president? Maybe
2: she'd be a good VP pick. I think
0: she would. Uh, she has banned. Uh, she's banned TikTok. Within government offices in the state of uh, in the state of uh, South Dakota, because it's owned by China, it's a Chinese social media platform, TikTok, and she says people are not going to be allowed to use that on the on the uh, any state employee phones. What else did we miss any? Is Getter still a thing or is it parlor?:
2: There's a new one. it's called Mastodon
0: And what is that? Is it like a Facebook? is it like
2: It's more like Twitter. Um, but apparently you have to kind of like join clubs. It's decentralized. So you have to pick whether you're going to go on like journalist Mastodon or food and wine Mastodon or whatever. You can still interact with everybody, but you kind of have like a homeroom is my understanding.
0: I, wanna, I always wonder, where do people find time to spend that much time on social media? That's always my question. Fifty-one-year-old dude. He's not a big fan of uh, social media. That's the question uh, I always ask. We do appreciate you hanging out with us here on Wake Up Mid Missouri this morning. Coming up eight ten. Coach Gary Pinkle. He's going into the Hall of Fame. College football Hall of Fame. I think like six days from now. But first, once come hang out with John Marsh and Stephanie Bell, who's decked out in black and gold. You can see for yourself. Go to our YouTube channel. You can watch the show. By the way, see what happens behind the scenes. See see what happens. During the commercial breaks. Wake up mid-Missouri on uh, YouTube staff decked out in the black and yellow coach Gary Pinkle here at 810 this morning on Wake Up Mid-Missouri.